0: So this morning we heard that the secret of secrets and the king of knowledge in brief was that God had a problem. And while that is somewhat charming for those of us who know something about Krishna, it requires a little bit of explanation for the general public. Indeed, it requires some explanation even for the who was initiated into this idea. Premarnava astutely asked, as we concluded, what should we do? How do we solve the problem of Krishna? What did I say? What was the answer? Mark?
1: Chanting Hare
0: Krishna. But we don't do that very much. One time I was giving a rather philosophical talk and someone from the audience said, Maharaj, whatever happened to the idea of just chant Hare Krishna? Why all this so much philosophy we have to learn? So I said to him, I don't know what happened. Why you don't just chant Hare Krishna? Why are you doing so many other things? So busy with so many other things and so little time for chanting. I said, the answer is, why? Because you don't understand the philosophy. Krishna Leela is like a great uh, piece of art. But it's drawn on a a very uh, tight philosophical canvas. So if we want to understand that art and enter that picture, we have to go through the canvas. After all, who will believe us if we say that God has a problem? Even if God himself says so, it will be hard for us to believe. So some explanation is required. How is it that God can have a problem? So this is a very high theological uh, concept. So therefore there is considerable philosophical answer that Krishna has given. That problem of Krishna, the dancing of Radha and Krishna, all the affairs of Krishna, the Leela of Krishna, where this problem is is the centre of the life of Krishna. That dimension, that realm, the ground of that is the bigyan, divine knowledge. When we walk on the ground, we are very much dependent upon it. It's very uh, basic to our, uh, fundamental to our existence. It's foundational, but we don't think about it very much. And we just walk on the ground. So in Vrindavan, the ground is foundational to the experience, but those taken by the experience they don't think about it very much. And it appears that that life of Krishna Leela is without transcendental knowledge. But what we find is that if somebody from there comes here, they have so much knowledge. There the knowledge is not required. It's been suppressed by love. But here we have so much ignorance. So if someone from there comes here, then all the knowledge is manifest. Just like in America, it is the most powerful military country. During the Cold War, the Soviet Union was always showing its tanks and missiles and everything on the streets and parades. But you'd never see that in America, because seeing all that Aishwarya, or that power, that gets in the way of. Peaceful dealings and happy life. You understand? (laughs) By experience. (laughs) But uh, if someone should attack the country, then they would come out with missiles and everything. So all those gopas, gopis, they look very ignorant. But when they come here, we say, well, they have so much knowledge. So that life of Krishna and Leela, we have to look very carefully at that to understand that. So, Krishna was speaking to Brahma, as we mentioned. He told Brahma, I have a problem. He told, him, I need your help. And Brahma heard the news of that problem, and then he went about his work of creation. But all of this work of creation, Uh, that problem of Krishna was also on his mind. So as I mentioned, the problem, you can see it everywhere, manifest in nature. You understand? When Krishna explained this to Brahma, Brahma had four heads. So it means he's a big thinker. He thinks about things from all sides, very, very, very thoroughly, very carefully. He is Brahma, he is the, the chief of the Brahmanas, so he's a big, big thinker. So Krishna explained his problem to Brahma, but in very philosophical language. The spirit of his problem is, is simple, and I explained that, but uh, he told it to Brahma in a philosophical way. Because again, the idea that, that God could have a problem, this is, this is a problem for most people to think about. So those four verses that Krishna spoke to Brahma, that is the basis of Bhagavatam, when those four verses are expanded by Sukadev into 18,000 verses, we find two things going on there. We find Krishna's feeling that he has a problem. This is the bhava of the Bhagavat. And we find some philosophy explaining how it's possible that Krishna could have a problem. This is the tattva, the philosophy. So these two are woven together, just like the the painting and the canvas. We can look at it from the philosophical side, or we can look at it from the uh, side of feeling. The two are actually interpenetrable. They're both at the same time. So here in Gita, now, Krishna has told Arjuna that I'm going to tell you this most secret knowledge. He's glorified the knowledge. He's got Arjuna's attention. and Before he reveals that knowledge, the secret that Krishna has a problem, Krishna wants to give the philosophy to support the idea how he can have a problem. Same philosophy that he gave to Brahma. What do we call that philosophy? Who knows?
1: beda
0: Veda Veda. chintyo Veda Veda Tattva. This is what he explained. This is now what he explains here in Bhagavad Gita. He says, Mayata Dhammidam Sarvam Jagad Avyakto Muttina Matsthani Sarvabhutani Nacha Hom Nāca matsthāni Pashamid paśyamī joga-maisvaraṁ bhūta-vṛhnāt ca bhuta mamātma bhūta-bhāvana. Itā kāśa sthita-nityam bāyu sarvatra-gōmahāna. Tata-sārvāni bhūtāni matsthāniti upadhāraya. Krishna says, this entire creation is pervaded by me in my unmanifest form. All created beings are situated in me, but I'm not situated in them. And yet, all beings do not abide in me. Behold my godly power. While I am the sustainer and the cause of all beings, myself is not contained in the created beings. Just as the air blows everywhere, being always situated in the sky, so are all beings situated in me. So here, in three verses, Krishna has explained this concept of Achinta Veda Veda. Just as he told Brahma. He told Brahma, Aham evasam evagre. Aham evagre. Aham paschad. Hmm. Avishishyeta sosmi aham. Aham, aham, aham. Aham means I. He said, it is me, life is about me, me, me. Before everything, there is only me. During the creation, there is only me. After the creation, there is only me. Only me, he said. So it's I, I, I. A, a lady asked me in Finland, this Krishna, he seems very narcissistic. But uh, actually, a narcissistic person is very toxic to be around. An narcissistic person doesn't see anyone beyond himself. But there are so many other people. And they have feelings and they have desires. In other words, when a child is born, the child doesn't see anything but himself. Sees the mother as just an extension of his own self. But he's supposed to grow up and mature and see that, oh, there are other people, separate people from me, and they have their own desires. So if someone doesn't do that, then... They have a narcissistic personality disorder, not very nice to be around. But with regard to Krishna, he's very nice to be around. Because the difference between Krishna and a narcissistic person is that everything is Krishna. This is the abhed side of the bed abhed equation. We are all Krishna. Are you sure? He said that it is Mayavad, no it is not Mayavad, it's true. This is the abhed half of the Bed Abhed equation, there is only Krishna. He says aham, aham, aham. But he explains something further, he tells Brahma, like he says here, whatever you see that's not me is an illusion. First he says it in a positive way, then he says it in a negative way. He says, there's only me, there's only me, there's only me. And if you see something you think is not me, then you're dreaming. He says, I'm inside of everything. Everything's inside of me. But, then he says another thing, just like he says here, I'm not in everything. I'm separate from everything. How do I do that? Yogome Aishwaram. He says, here, same idea as in Bhagavad Gita. yoga He says, see, Pasha May, my yoga My power. Yoga a special kind of mystic power. What does this mean? It means God has power. Sounds sim- simple, very deep idea. This is why, without understanding this, No one can understand how how God can have a problem. So big philosophers, big acharyas, like Shankara acharya, Ramanuja acharya, Madhva acharya, they couldn't understand that God had a problem. Even though Krishna explained this to Brahma, Brahma explained it to Narada, Narada to Vyas. Later, many, many years later, Madhva came and he met Vyasa. He had written some commentary on Gita, and he showed it to Vyasa, and he asked for Vyasa's approval. And Vyasa said, yes, that's not wrong. But the full implication of what Krishna had told Brahma didn't fully come out in Vyasa's, in in Madhva's explanation. And this problem was so uh, compelling that Krishna came himself. And what did he do? He explained, as I said this morning, that problem to Rupa Goswami. And followers of Rupa Goswami, then, they have been given the the task to make sure everyone understands the philosophy that gives support to the idea that God has a problem. Therefore, the whole teaching of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, its philosophy, its tattva, given by Jiva Goswami, It hinges on one word. What is that word? Hmm?
1: Love?
0: Uh, No. (laughs) Yes, but no. (laughs) This is the philosophy that explains how God can fall in love. God's alone. There's only God, right? Only Krishna. Me, me, me. How can he fall in love? So to explain the problem, how there can be a problem... This is, philosophy is required. What is that word? I've already mentioned it in English. Here Krishna says, Pashyame maishwaram Power. Power. What is power? In Sanskrit how we say power? Shakti. 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 That's right. God has Shakti. When Shankara Tadja, he tried to explain the world, the nature of being, the nature of existence, he concluded that reality is consciousness. And he reasoned that consciousness is that which cannot be dismissed. Consciousness can dismiss so many things. Whatever it can dismiss has no real standing. But consciousness itself cannot be dismissed. Why not? Because in order to dismiss anything, then consciousness is required. You follow me? So all material manifestations, they come and they go. But something is remaining and making that determination that things are coming and going. What is that something? What is that? Who's making, what's making that determination? That is us. We are consciousness. So in making his inquiry, into the nature of reality, he concluded that consciousness alone exists. He said, Jagatmityam, that the world is false. It's a very profound idea. But Ramanuja, he came along. He had another idea. He said, if consciousness exists, and that if it is to have any meaning, then there must be something that it's conscious of. In other words, consciousness is subjective and matter is objective. So if, if there's only pure subjectivity, no object of consciousness, yeah. then what is the meaning of that consciousness? Yeah. So consciousness, So, Ramanuja brought the world back. You see? With a little philosophy, Shankar made the world disappear. And with a little more philosophy, Ramanuja made it reappear. But when Jiva Goswami was given the task of explaining the problem of God in that philosophy, he had to go more deeply in explanation. Ramanuja said that the world and the Jivas, individual souls, these are inseparable attributes of the body of God. Shankar explained not very much about consciousness. He just told us that what consciousness is not. Consciousness is not something that's here today and gone tomorrow. Ramanuja told us a little bit more about the nature of consciousness. It has something that it's aware of, that it relates, it's related with, something that's inseparable from itself. But still this doesn't tell us very much about the nature of consciousness itself. So Gaudiya Vaishnavism is going very deeply into this idea of what is the nature of consciousness. And it is after this very penetrating and thorough analysis, it comes to the conclusion that God has a problem. So this is very, very well thought out. What Gaudiya Vaishnavism has discovered is the consciousness of consciousness. And what, it's, what is the consciousness of consciousness that is love? That God and God's power, they are combined in a compact of love. They've explained this point, that God exists... And God exists by his power. Anything that exists has some power. Some power to express itself. These two are one, but different. The power has no existence independent of the powerful. In that way, it's one with the powerful. At the same time, there's a difference between the power and the powerful. So the... Abheda, of Beda, Beda, is there is only Krishna. When we talk about the Beda, the difference, God is one with everything and different from everything. When we talk about the difference, then we're looking at God in terms of God's power. If we look at God philosophically, reality we say there's only one reality. But if we look at the power of God, then we see some variety, some difference. If we look at the philosophy, then we see there is only one. If we look at it theologically rather than philosophically, religiously, then we see variety. The power of God is making God move. It is is creating the, the, uh, what we call the lila the dancing of God God is celebrating his power so when this happens and it takes on an appearance of difference when we look at God in terms of his power then we start to appreciate God in terms of his feeling because through his power he's expressing himself in achintya beda beda tattva we have philosophy and religion. We have also philosophy and the expression of the philosophy, the feeling that it gives us. We read this morning that Krishna told Arjuna, this knowledge is religious. What does that mean? Because religion should give rise to knowledge upon acquiring which religion retires. Do you understand? In other words, if we live in this world in a religious way, then all of our human activities will be colored in consideration of God. So there will be religious activity in which for birth, for marriage, for death, and so on. In a religious context, we live in the world grateful of God. We understand that our existence is dependent upon God, so we pay tribute. We seek the blessing that our life will flourish. But if we if we grow up and mature from a religious understanding to a spiritual understanding, then what do we understand? We understand that we are not what we thought we were. All of these human activities, they don't have much to do with me. So when I am related to God in a religious context... I don't really have much to do with him either. The culmination of religion is to come to the knowledge that, that it's a folly to simply pursue the human experience asking for God's blessing, when the human experience is ultimately about something that doesn't endure. But I endure. So religion has been distinguished from knowledge. Knowledge, therefore, retires religion. When one comes to knowledge of the self, that I'm not matter, then there's no longer any necessity to ask for God's blessing for material things, that my material life will flourish. So what does Krishna mean then when he says this knowledge is religious? In one sense, he means that this knowledge, this secret... The secret of the the, 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 the secret knowledge that he has a problem mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Arriving at that knowledge, this is arrived at out of a religious context. There's a moral and ethical foundation to it. In other words, by being morally correct and having personal integrity and following the religious path and so forth, then when it comes to knowledge, and from knowledge to bhakti, brahma bhuta atma naso samasa mad Real bhakti comes after knowledge. Like I said, that whole krishna leela is dancing on a ground of knowledge. So this is one way in which this can be understood when Krishna says this knowledge is religious. But another way that can yes. be understood that this secret... This knowledge is is dharmic, religious, but that is like a super-religious idea. We call it prema-dharma. It means bed, the difference. When we look at God from the point of bed, from the point of God's power, then we're looking at God in terms of how God expresses himself, therefore in terms of God's feeling, and that gives us feeling. In Gaudiya Vaishnavism, We can only have one philosophy, but we can have different religions. That means we can have different feelings, different sentiments. Religion is a sentiment that uh, uh, of expressing oneself in relation to God. All these different sentiments, however, they're all still arising out of one, one philosophy, one tattva. So some people, some devotees, they experience Krishna in terms of his power, expressing himself in such a way that they feel a friendly relationships towards Krishna or a, like a lover towards Krishna, like a mother towards Krishna. We can have one Diksha Guru. Diksha Guru gives philosophy, knowledge, that can only be one. The function of the Diksha Guru is under the category of Sambandha gyan. Siksha Gurus can be more than one. And they are speaking about Abhideya Tattva. How to ex- express oneself in terms of one's relationship. Just like, that is another example to help you. I am a disciple of Om Vishnupad Bhakti Bhaktivedanta Sami Prabhupada. He is my Diksha Guru. I have some God brothers God sisters. So they are Bodhya Vaishnavas. We have the same philosophy. We have the same Guru, same Diksha Guru. So we have the same sentiment also. Now, here comes the difference. I have a Shikshu Guru. Om Vishnupad, bhakti Rakshak, Sridhar Maharaj. I have sentiment for my Siksha Guru, like I have for my Diksha Guru. Because these are equal manifestations of God. But some of my godbrothers and my god sisters, they don't have a sentiment for my Siksha guru because they don't see him as their Siksha guru So we have some different sentiments. But is that a problem? What do you think? According to the teaching, as I said, there can be many sentiments. Not only is it not a problem, it is the beauty of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This difference... This bed, that is what makes it charming. All the different sentiments of golok they must be there in order for the whole leela to go on. Therefore, although Krishna is saying, aham, 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 me, 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 that's the philosophy. If we've understood the problem, his problem, then we are always saying something else. Right? What are we saying? Are we saying Krishna, Krishna, Krishna? Yes. But Krishna has a problem. What is his problem? His problem is he wants to hear Radhanam. So his close friend, like Brahma, he says, sing Radhanam. Krishna and Radha are one. Krishna is the supreme powerful. Radha is the supreme power. They are one. And different. We like to talk about the difference. And that is making the whole lila go round. Krishna and Radha are one, so how can there be a problem? It's a way of looking at things. It's a feeling. This is called lila. It's play. So if you say, well, it's just play, so it's not really a problem. But it's a problem. Because he's lost in that play. And he doesn't want to find himself. And just be alone. That's also a problem. (laughs) No. So, if we understand these things in depth more and more, if we understand tattva, if we become tattvavit fixed up in the philosophy, we have so much inspiration to just chant Hare Krishna. Jiva Goswami could understand the consciousness of consciousness is Love the interaction between the power and the powerful that are in here with one another, this interaction is called love. And that very love gives rise to the jivas and the world also. The material world has a purpose in relation to that love affair. And the jivas have a purpose in relation to that love affair. To understand why there is the world, why there are souls, what is the purpose of all this. This can be understood very nicely by understanding the consciousness of consciousness. This is all expression of that love. Yes, as Vishnu, Krishna becomes, wants to become many, and so many souls are generated in relation to matter, then material world is going around. This tathasta shakti, Jeev shakti, this is one of the powers of God. It is an intermediate power. And maya shakti, another power of God. This is the secondary shakti. Vishnu is concerned with this, maa-Vishnu. And out of love and out of joy, Vishnu becomes many. And the many come in relation with his maya shakti. And this is the world. And because it becomes a problem for the jivas, he comes into the world in so many avatars. But again, this whole world, this whole creation, coming from Vishnu, organized by Brahma, because Maya Shakti and Jiva Shakti have their origin in the Swarup Shakti, the purpose of the world, the purpose of matter, the purpose of the jivas has something to do with Krishna Lila, where Krishna and his swarup shakti are engaged. So, yes, Vishnu manifests the world. Brahma then organizes the creation. So many avatars of Vishnu come to the world to help the jivas. What is the problem of the jivas? They're all falling in love. That is the problem. That's a fallen condition, helpless condition. Actually, you see, we're all moving for love. Moving, moving for love, looking for love. What happens when we find it? Do we rest? Another kind of movement then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Another kind of movement takes place. So it's static and dynamic at the same time. It stops all other kind of movement, but starts its own movement. We're moving, moving, looking for love, as soon as we find it, we can stop that movement. So that is static, it becomes one, stopped. No no more necessity. But then we find it, it's a, it's a dynamic oneness, so it has a life of its own and a new kind of movement starts. So love is one and different, you understand? Static and dynamic at the same time. And why all this? Because this is what is going on in Goloka. Krishna is interacting with his Swam Shakti, Radha. Radharani is like the soul of Krishna, the consciousness of Krishna. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is called Chaitanya, Krishna Chaitanya, Krishna consciousness. He's in the mood of Radha, so he is Krishna conscious. He's the consciousness of Krishna. So this love affair of the Absolute, the interaction between power and, and powerful, this is the heart of reality. And so in all varied expressions of the reality, through the various shaktis that are partial manifestations of the original shakti, they all come from Radha. In all of that, this same problem is also going on on another level. And furthermore, Krishna sees... All the avatars of Vishnu are coming to the world to save people from this love problem. But Krishna looks at it and he thinks, hmm, everybody's falling in love there. Maybe I should go there. Maybe that's a better place for me to be because I've got that problem. So he brings his leela to the world for that reason. And then people get to see his love, his problem. Now, If you have a friend and a friend falls in love and it becomes a problem, then you want to help your friend. No one can be a better friend than Krishna and no one can have a bigger problem than Krishna. So when he comes, he shows kindness to all jivas. He explains so many things to them, all his parts and parcels. He says, I'm the controller of everything. Everything is for my enjoyment. bhukta jagatapasam. So, is that a very good message? Still, he's very charming when he says it. So, because he's charming, we listen a little bit more. He says, next line, I'm the controller, I'm the enjoyer, everything meant for me. But, I'm your friend. Now, one minute, it seemed like we had nothing. This person owns everything, everything is meant for his enjoyment, nothing for us. And suddenly then, things change. You become the friend of the person who owns everything, controls everything. means you can have everything and you don't have to do anything. Which would you rather do? Try to control everything, try to secure things to enjoy yourself or... Would you rather just be the friend of somebody that has all those things and then you can share them? So Krishna is giving very very nice, good news to us, very friendly advice. He says, I want to be your friend. What do you think? Do you want to play with me? Would you like to come out and play with me? I own everything. <laughs> you, are, you are a very poor boy, but still I uh, want to be friends with you. Oh, but I don't have any jewels like you or any... You know. How can I play with you? What do people think? You say, you come with me I'd, and i I'd dress you like this. You can look like me also. You become like me. By love you become like me. So kind, so charming, so profound. Krishna comes to the world and shares this with all jivas. So now you found the best friend. And now you find... Your friend has a problem. How much you be concerned about that then? Now you have good reason for chanting Hare Krishna. Just chant Hare Krishna. (laughs) Nothing else is important. (laughs) Any question? Yes.
1: So, being in in the material world, from time to time we fall in love and by doing this, we forget Krishna. But somehow or other, we'd like to get back on track and serve Krishna again. But can't manage it. So, how can we? How, how can we manage it? How can we you know, get on back on track?
0: Yes, you have to get, you have, to have uh, association. It's all about association. If you associate with people who love Krishna, then the courage to love Krishna, the enthusiasm to love Krishna will come within you. Love is contagious.
1: Hmm?
0: It's a fact. When you see you see people in love, then you feel enthused. You feel your heart swells up, and you know, they're happy. All kinds of love. When we see expressions of love, then our heart smiles. So... If we are in the company of people who love Krishna, then we'll be, it will be contagious.
1: Uh, what if such a person doesn't respect my Disha Guru? Uh,
0: love of Krishna, as I have explained, arises out of a particular philosophy... And therefore, sometimes there may be an appearance of love of Krishna. But if that sentiment of love for Krishna, which can be varied, is not in concert with the philosophy out of which real love of Krishna comes, then that love of Krishna is suspect. So for a while... Sometimes people can make a show of love of Krishna. And if we don't understand the platform out of which love of Krishna arises, we may think, well, oh, that person loves Krishna. But if we get a good understanding, then we'll, see. we'll be able to tell what is real love of Krishna and what is only a false show of love of Krishna. Someone who loves Krishna respects every living being. E- what to speak of a devotee do you speak of a guru. So what is the meaning of loving Krishna and not respecting someone's guru? If someone is a false guru who does not respect Vaishnavas, then that's another thing.
1: If the person, uh, if the person uh, acts in that, uh, in that way because uh, his guru doesn't respect my guru,
0: Then they should be rejected. Another question? Yes.
1: Why illusion is so strong?
0: Why illusion is so strong?
1: Illusion is stronger than my reason. Uh, Illusion is stronger than. No doubt.
0: No doubt. Because that is Krishna's power. That is one of His powers, Maya Shakti. And no one can conquer Maya Shakti, he says. No one. Every, everyone is simply like a, like a dancing fool in the hands of Vishnu Maya. But the question is, I want to come out of the influence of Vishnu Maya. So why it's remaining still difficult?
1: So why the more I, I, I try, the more it seems to be stronger?
0: It is like if for a long time some germs are living in your body then you get some medicine and you give a little medicine and then maybe they go away a little bit and then you stop giving the medicine then they come back again more strong and more strong so when now bhajan is anishta, not fixed and sometimes it will seem like maya's influence is growing even but if, when our bhajan becomes fixed, nishta, then we will see this disease is receding. It's be, it's being defeated. We have some, some prarabdha karma. It's not gone. But under good guidance, it's being managed. Some of it is very, very strong. And the, the measure that you're capable of taking to relieve yourself, <laughs> is not as strong as the, the power of that parabdha. So you have to hold on tight and do practice, and gradually over time, maya will recede. You may be doing like everybody else. Others seem to be getting better results than you, but everyone's background is different also. The important thing is to never give up hearing and chanting. So don't be discouraged. Also, what do you consider progress may only be part of the picture of progress. And I will be more concerned with seeing that certain foundational stones are put in place. When I see those are in place, then I know the house of bhakti will will go up. So there's no question of not making progress. But you may not always perceive the progress. Otherwise, Maya is strong because uh, Krishna is not cheap. So she also serves to, to test us to see if we're serious about this. In that way, she does some indirect service. What else? Yes. So
1: she, she has no malice, but she sometimes feels en- en- envy. And uh, it creates uh, anxiety. Yeah. So she'd like to get rid of it. But she doesn't know how to do it. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not pretty. Um, we're teaching that. And as I've said, if you, if you come close to, to Krishna and practice Krishna consciousness, then you're cultivating a friendly <laughs> relationship with the person who has everything. So why you need to be jealous about anybody else? So you bring Krishna into your life by chanting Krishna Nam. Gradually your heart will be purified. That's the basic idea. We all have so many problems, and there may be other things that we can resort to, also to help us to chant Hare Krishna. Just like if I say to you, you chant Hare Krishna, that's all you have to do. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be healthy. So some basic upkeep of the body and the mind is necessary. Even a monk is sanctioned in the scripture to beg to get food. So then also a person in the world, they have in the context of of just chanting Hare Krishna, there is still some license a necessity to take care of your health, physically and mentally. So sometimes we have feelings or we have habits, excess, and um, and these are rooted in our psychology. So some of these things can be sorted out, just like if you're having a problem to sit and chant Hare Krishna because because your back hurts. And you can sit and just chant, but mostly you'll be thinking about your back. And instead of being in Krishna consciousness, you'll be in back consciousness. So instead of doing that, you can take one hour in the day and exercise your back. And then you take one hour of back consciousness and 23 hours of Krishna consciousness. And similarly, with habits and things, sometimes we can examine with good help what are the psychological reasons for our habits. And we can adjust our psychology just that like we can adjust our physiology. And then we can be more free to chant. So there's room for all of this inside of uh, the philosophy of chanting, just like Prabhupada Now, he only chanted Hare Krishna, only speaking about Krishna, living and breathing for Krishna. Every morning he went on a walk for one hour. And he took a massage also. So why did he do that? Was he walking after Krishna out there in the morning? (laughs) He did that for his health. So he took some time for his health. So now, he was in his 70s and 80s And he came from India also. So he did certain things for his health at that age. So if we are to follow the same principle, still our age is different and our culture is different, and so we should still spend at least one hour on our health. You're not 70 years old and walking with a cane, so one hour walk like that will not be much exercise for you. So like when you look at a person like Prabhupada, then you have to look deeply, you have to see practically. You don't just, well, he did this for his health. He took a walk at a slow pace for one hour. So I will do that, and I'm only 20 years old, and that will be good for my health. You know, then you're missing the principle. So you have to have some common sense. So especially in your stage, as the sadhaka, beginning devotees, these things have more significance. Our industrial society is creating so many problems, problems that were not part of an agrarian-based culture. So you have to take advantage at the same time of the industrial society's solutions to these problems. You, You have to be very much, in one sense, part of the world and Krishna conscious at the same time. Whatever can help you from the world to better practice Krishna consciousness, don't be afraid to take it.